the 28th chapter, verse number 18. I know you know it. I know you know it. You've been saved long enough. Even if you don't know it, you've heard it. And it says these words, And Jesus said, All power yeah. in heaven and earth yeah. is in my hands. Right. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, yeah. with God's help, and our prayer, this evening's text, is tailored to teach us the audacity of Jesus. Turn to your other name and say, neighbor, if you say amen, you won't belong to me. The audacity of Jesus. Barack Obama in his book, The Audacity of Hope, Thoughts on Reclaiming the American Dream said this, Faith doesn't mean that you don't have doubts. You still experience the same greed, resentment, lust, and anger that everyone else experienced. The lines between sinner and saved are more fluid. The sins of those who come to church are not so different from those of us who don't come to church. You need to come to church precisely because you are of this world, not apart from it. Yeah. Rich, poor, sinner, saved, you need to embrace Christ precisely because, because you had your sins washed away. That religious commitment did not require me to suspend critical thinking, disengage from the battle for economic and social justice, right. or otherwise retreat right. from the world. Right, right. To be audacious, one must become defiant against the trends of the culture. Possessing audacity places one in a league different from everybody else. Yeah. Audacity is the willingness to take bold risks. Yeah. The Bible is filled with people who had taken bold risks in declaring what says the Lord in their lives. Yeah. From Abraham to the disciples, the Bible has countless divine encounters for all of us to glean from as it relates to how to live this life of faith. Yeah. God often does not explain the details, but God does fill in the blanks. Yes, God will blow your mind if he informed you of too much too soon. God sets the season of our lives to help develop the areas of our lives that need the most maturing. God is about seasoning our lives with the right flavors for our lives so he can get the best glory from our lives. Regardless of whoever is your hero or shero, whether it's Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Deborah, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo, Ruth, Daniel, Elijah, Elisha, uh, Elijah, Martha, Mary, Peter, Paul, none of them compares to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God has so fixed Jesus in our lives to liberate us with the faith in Jesus Christ that it defies every obstacle that we may encounter. Yes, Jesus Christ, the biblical one, not the American one, not the prosperity one, not the one that makes you feel good and shout on Sunday morning and then make you shiver during the week, not that one, but the biblical one stands supreme above every human being possible as a full representation of human flesh of God who created everything and is all about everything. Yes. Paul puts it this way. He said, Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above everything. That in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord yes. to the glory of God. Philippians 2, 2, 9 and 11. We have this confidence, not in ourselves, but of the one who called us out of darkness into light. Yes. We have this conviction of one thing, that he which began a good work in us will and is able to perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes. We believe that for with God there is nothing impossible. Yet while all of this may be very encouraging, this is the antithesis. Many people choose to live below their potential. So many people are turned off from church as they have experienced it. Everybody is looking to do the blame game and pointing the finger at somebody else. Everybody is critical about why you go to church. Why would you be in church on a Sunday night to hear a preacher that you've never heard before on a Sunday night in the city called Clare when you could be sitting on the porch doing nothing, sipping on whatever you sipping on and, and dipping whatever you dipping? Why would you be in church on Sunday night? Because people don't understand that God has called you to do something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church is blaming the world for not believing in Jesus and sometimes the church can't figure out which Jesus to follow. See, the world sees Jesus in three dimensions. The first dimension is the Jesus that see, that the world sees is the materialistic Jesus. Meaning, Jesus is all about money, cash, clothes, cars, and creature comfort. The second dimension the world sees Jesus is the one that's in charge. Meaning, Jesus is all about titles, rank, power, positions, where you go, who you know, what name you can drop, what name you can pick up. He is not about the have or nor is he about the have not. The third dimension the world sees Jesus is the crucified Jesus. Yeah. The one on Calvary. But but he don't look so good because he's powerless, he's vulnerable, he's weak, he's destroyed, he's treated with the cruelty of humanity that ever seen there in this world. The two dimensions of Jesus are very attractive. They make you feel good. They make you want to do better. They make you feel like you have a right. They make you think you better than everybody else. See, the first dimensions are based upon how success is defined in the eyes of others. Or how other people may praise you and praise you and give you glory instead of giving God glory. The first first dimensions that the world sees Jesus is the popular choices. Because you can live as you want to, treat people any old kind of way, come to church with your weak, regular attendance, and all will be well. See, this is why scriptures like, if you're going to be my disciple, you must love one another, are not remembered so well. This is why scriptures like, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. They don't get people to shout of affirmations and confirmations. But texts like, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, don't get gospel songs, because that means you have to endure some hardships, disappointments, and things that not going to always go your fabulous way. However, the third dimension is where I'm going to launch my sermonic argument tonight, because the third dimension teaches us about the audacity of Jesus. After all the lies have been told, the scandal that was developed, and the brutality was done, Jesus still had himself together. Ah, I need to help somebody right there. Because after being beaten, spit upon, slapped, flogged, kicked, given for his lashes with a Roman-style whip, meaning it was twisted with nails, glass, and metal, Jesus still kept himself together. After being nailed to a cross, crown of thorns pressed on his head, feet riveted to the cross, 
pierced in the side, died and stayed dead three long days. The sun refused to shine, tore on his face away from the earth. It died, and he died until the moon decided to trip in blood. Eternity with blood was being shed. He died until the cow wouldn't move, the pumpkin bird wouldn't sing, the fish wouldn't swim, the clouds created the darkness of the night in the middle of the night. He died, but the Bible said he got up with all power in his hand. That is the audacity of Jesus. You mean to tell me after all the hell they put you through, Jesus, you got the nerve to get up after three days and say, all power in my hand? Oh, yes, I do. Because when you know who you are, it don't matter what people do to you. It's all about what God has put in you. You don't want to hear this kind of preaching tonight for this Sunday morning preaching. I know you don't want to hear it, but when you live as long as I have, if you dealt with enough Negroes and Negroettes, you will understand that some people will get on your nerves. Some people will scandalize them. Some people will say stuff about you. You almost think you want to believe it yourself. But I declare by the power of God, you may crucify me on Friday night. I may stay crucified all day Saturday and all day Saturday night, but there's always a a Sunday morning early resurrection and it does not yet appear what I shall be but this is one thing I do know that God ain't finished with me yet ah, ah, I like that because because I like I like what Jesus said he said all all the whole thing every last drop the match we see, 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 we get all we get caught up in the wrong thing. See, we get it all power in heaven. But, but you gotta understand, he said all. Oh, oh. I mean A L L. You know what A L means? Uh-huh. In the dictionary it says the same thing, all. Oh. When you go look for all, it still just says all. Oh. Right? And the reason why you understand what all means because you ain't got yourself all together yet. Oh. And it says God ain't got you all together yet. You know some stuff that's missing in your life. So you know God still can work on you. All power oh. means ain't nobody, can't nobody. Won't be anybody that be able to stand up against Jesus. And since I know that, and I'm joint heirs, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I try to tell somebody, I got some audacity too. So how do we live this life of audacity? How do we how do we live outside the limited boxes that other people say we're supposed to live in? Can I help somebody? Well, number one, we can live audaciously only when we fully trust in the Word of God. The Word of God must become the anchoring of our lives, and God has to be about everything we do. The Word of God must become the central core to our lives, our lighthouse of hope. The Word of God must liberate us from our past, empower us in our presence, and fuel us for our tomorrow. That means that the Word of God must be deepened in our devotion, focus our, uh, sharpen our focus, and amplify our tenacity. In other words, you cannot depend on somebody else to get you a word from the Lord. Uh, I know, I know we live in an age of apostolic uh, movements and everybody want to lay hands and everybody want to give you a word from the Lord. But the last time I checked from Genesis 1 and 1 to Revelation 22 and 21, that's enough right there. I don't need an extra word. I only need the word. Uh, because because this is what the problem is. We're trying to base our revelation off of somebody else's relationship when we have not been revealed what the word says to us. Don't you know your word ain't for me and my word ain't for you? 
Don't you know that God can speak to me? I don't need anybody else to come tell me what the Lord said. I ain't hard to hear. He knows my address. Matter of fact, I talk to him every day. The Bible said that the devil goes before God morning and night trying to accuse you. And many of us only speak to God once a week. Huh? But when you got the word in you, the word will bear witness with the word that's already in you. That's why I don't believe in getting people to shout on Sunday morning by trying to push their Holy Ghost button. I believe that if you got some word in you and the word hit the word, the word will bubble up out of you and praise will be present. In order for you to live on that, you got to have the word of God. Number two, in order for you to live on that, you must be living a God-conscious yeah. life that personifies wholeness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We must live with the urgency of the time. Let me help you. Let me help you. Uh, we must live with a wholeness both inside and outside. Yeah. Uh, mm, I know I'm gonna get in trouble, but that's all right. Uh, you gotta have a proper. You gotta have a proper diet of spiritual food and physical food. Mm, holy. Holy, holy. Uh, 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 holiness is really about being whole. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, 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 there we go again. I gotta get back to the Jesse. Uh, when you are possessing the spirit of wholeness, you are too busy being preoccupied with asking God to fix what's wrong with you that you don't have time to keep up what's wrong with everybody else. Nobody wants to hear it, but that's good, right? Because, because let me help you. Let me help you. But Jesus said it this way: How you gonna tell me about the spit in somebody else's eye when you got a whole lumber yard in yours? Huh? And, and, and when you're real honest, when you're real honest, you don't have time to be critical over what somebody else is struggling with because what you're struggling with got your full attention. Uh, 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 I know the world says that a bunch of hypocrites at the church, but I tell them all the time: it, I'd rather be in church as a hypocrite than to be outside the church as a sinner. But living honestly and fair is a good life. Living to help others heal areas of their purposelessness in our own lives. You are not whole until you serve others more than you're willing to be served yourself. Uh, and, 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 and a proper diet means uh, uh, the doctor always tells us that we need to burn more calories. Eat less, burn more. Consume less, burn more. Right? And I just believe that in the Holy Spirit that some of us need to burn some calories. And I'm not talking about just shouting. Oh, no. Because shouting don't mean you alive. Because the last time I checked in the Bible, everybody that shouted and acted fool, the demons was coming out. And if you go back to account on the day of Pentecost, they were not shouting and speaking in tongues to, for their personal edification. They were doing it for the edification of everybody else around them. I know I'm in Bible country because if I roll the text over in 1 Corinthians, the, 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 the 14th chapter, it puts in order of your speaking in tongues out of order. Yeah. I know I wasn't going to get no amens right there, right? Because, because, because this is what the Bible said. Shut up unless there's an interpreter. That's scripture. And what has happened is, is that we got too many people doing echo layer instead of glossolalia. 
Okay, let me let me tell you, I need to go to school, right? That's a third, that's a theological Echolalia is what you pick up from somebody else. Glossolalia is what the spirit drops in your spirit. And when you get glossolalia, you don't have to worry about anybody misinterpreting your gift because your gift will make room. And other folk will be edified by what God has given you in the spirit. But the Bible tells us, and it says this, because what's the sense of the of the sinner coming in church and everybody speaking in tongues and they don't understand that you say? And we got to learn how to help other people understand that our tongue not only needs to be unknown, but it needs to be able to reach the ear and the heart of the person that needs it the most. And I'm not saying that tongue does not exist. Oh, yes, it does exist. But everybody don't have a revelation word for your spirit. So watch who you eat at what table. Now, I tell people, you better stick to one church because you don't know what everybody's serving in their house. Ah, you don't want to hear that, but that's all right. Not only, not only can you show audacity by the word of God, not only can you show audacity by living a wholesome life, but we live audacity by remembering what Jesus told his disciples. In, in Luke 10, 19, he said, that, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and shall nothing by any means hurt you. So go. Uh, hmm. Jesus said, I got all power. Then he turns around and said, I gave you power. Right. I got all power, but you got some power too. Oh, yes. uh, Pastor Bishop Mitchell, I'm looking for the day that people come to church not looking for you to empower them with the power they already got. Uh, uh, one of the things that will wear a pastor out is trying to get you to get on board. Because, because one reason why you can't get on her board is because you come to church depending on them to help you get a word. Ah. But if you had to listen to the first point, if you already had a word yeah. when you came in the house trying to get a word, a word with a word will magnify a word. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and, and, and I just believe we spend too much time, pastors, trying to get people to get in the service. If, if, if they're dead, ain't no make no sense. You trying to put life in them because if they ain't got no spirit, you may be praying the wrong prayer. You praying that they might shout. You may need to be praying that they might get resurrected. Because uh, Jesus says, look, Jesus gives the keys to the church to bind and to loose. Whatever you bind in heaven shall be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in earth yes. shall be loose in heaven. Yes. God gave us power to walk into yes. darkness yes. to bring light. Yes. I know, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I know they say clear and they ain't going to come back. I know it's rough. I know churches look like they're going to die and they're not going to be in existence no more. But God didn't give you power to die. He gave you power to live. And the word of God is extremely clear because God's people have to understand this. And the Bible says, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It don't mean hell won't break out. It just means that wherever the church goes, the, the church has the authority to take over the territory. Yes, yes. Uh, I tried to help you this morning. Let me help you one more time. Right, right. Uh, uh, the best way to describe a Christian is when you talk to a teabag. Yeah. If you ever had a conversation with a teabag, a teabag will tell you, I ain't no good to you until you put me in some hot water. Yeah. And the teabag will tell you, the reason why 
I need to be put in hot water because if I'm not put in the right environment, I don't have enough power to change the situation. But one thing I like about tea, tea ain't never good lukewarm. Tea is always good ice cold or extremely hot because tea, tea does not have medicinal purposes that they'll kick in until it's hot or cold. And you and I, that's why you catch it hell, because God is trying to bring out of you what he has already put in you. And in order for him to bring it out of you, he got to put you in some situations that you cannot control. Uh, the Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No. And every tongue that rises against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Yeah. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That's why I, I, I've grown now in the last six months over what people have to say. Because right. okay. that's what I found out. If I wasn't doing nothing, they said something. Yeah. Once I started doing something, they said something. Yeah. So my mother used to say, dude, dog, if you don't, and don't if you do now I'm in church. I don't want to say what I really want to say. Right? But you know, I, I know we all ain't been saved all your life. Some people are going to always find something wrong with what you do. And what you got to learn how to do is be strong enough in the Lord. And some stuff you ain't supposed to in. Let me tell you how crazy I am. I'm so crazy. I tell you, let me tell you. I'm so crazy, right? I set people up with my own rumors. You want to test somebody's loyalty? Start your own rumor. Uh-huh. Tell a lie on yourself. That's what I do. <laughs> and watch them run with the lie. And then come back to you and say, you know what? You the low down dirty dog. Why? Because you said this about me. And I, been, I was laughing in the spirit. I said, you know what? That's the reason why God didn't want you in my life. Uh-huh. Because you don't mean me no good. Because if you believe a lie, you'll believe anything. What you don't know, I'm the one who started the room. Uh-huh. And I'm just crazy like that. Because I don't trust people too soon. I might let you in, but you ain't going to get close. I might let you dip me, but you ain't going to know where my money is or where my gun is. Y'all miss that one. And the Bible says that we know that all things work together for our good. It works together because we love God and, and we have been called according to his Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life and whom shall I be afraid of? Yes. He said, the Lord is my strength. He is the saving strength of his anointing. That's why you ain't got to worry about people doing stuff to you. God has your back. Yeah. You remember over in Psalm 23, he said, and goodness and mercy. Yeah. Shall follow. Follow me. All of them. Oh. Of my life. Yeah. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, when I show up sometime, they think I'm coming with a game. Uh-huh. I don't come by myself, but I got my road dogs, goodness and mercy, <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. Really, you know what I'm talking about. You live long enough, you pass long enough, you probably go to a meeting. They was getting ready to want to try to turn you off, but goodness and mercy was standing right next yeah. to you. Yeah. Goodness and mercy has been standing next to you for almost over 50 years. That he's a he is he is living evidence that as pastor, if you stay faithful over a few things, yeah. God will help you bury some Negroes that fall against you over a whole lot of other things. Yeah. I got to leave you now because it's getting late. I'm warm. It's hot. Right? And the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that coming to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
I wish I had somebody here who wanted to live an audacious life. Live for Jesus like you never lived for him before. Go and tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. Tell them how good the Lord has been to you in your life. Tell them about how God has brought you from a mighty long way. Go and tell somebody who's lost and they need a leader to hope in. Tell them that God is a God who redeems. He's a God who heals and he's a God who recovers. Go tell a dying world about a risen Savior. Go tell them about a God that will help you. Just all you have to do is call his name. Some people call him in the old day time. He's the bright and morning star. Some people call him the lily of the valley. Some people call him a wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. 